1: To the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Hour number two here of Fantasy Sports Today. Time to mix in a little fantasy football with your fantasy baseball. Joe Pizapia joins us shortly. Some updates on things going on in the field in training camp as Fantasy Sports Today. Hour number two starts now.
2: would like to talk a little bit about sports. Fantasy Sports Today. Well hit, down the way.
1: Yelich is on pace, I guess, at this point to win back-to-back MVPs. I don't know that that's a foregone conclusion at this point. Bellinger has a little bit of a greater war, which is going to be interesting. Yelich 39 home runs, Bellinger 37. The war a little bit higher for Bellinger. And this could be the first time ever that the postseason, when we give out awards, that war is going to factor majorly into this. Because if Bellinger doesn't win the MVP and has a higher war, then that song uh, from the 70s, War, What Is It Good For, really applies, honestly. All right, welcome back. Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Bish here with you. And we're here until 2 o'clock on the East. And if you want to hit us up here on the show, 844-843-6879. 844-843-6879. Welcome into hour number two. Thanks again to Joe Fresaro for joining us uh, on hour number one. If you want to hear more baseball discussion Go back and listen to that. By the way, just a quick update here. Even though it is fantasy uh, football time here on our show. uh, Tim Beckham, who is on the Seattle Mariners, has been suspended 80 games without pay after testing positive for performance-enhancing substance. Beckham, of course, uh, had a really good start to the season. And um, at this point, is not going to be playing this year and probably not going to be playing... A lot of next year, but that's a big story in baseball because even though he's not a great player, he has 15 home runs this year. He plays the infield, so certainly uh, a guy with multi-eligible positions, and now the Mariners are just going to have to figure out how to go on with uh, life without him. So 80-game suspension, that will cover all of August and September of this year, and it will cover April of 2020 as well. Tim Beckham suspended 80 games by Major League Baseball. Okay. Okay. Now back to some football discussion here. This is just so frustrating for me to see these stories. I've been doing fantasy shows and radio, satellite radio, television, for probably 20 years. And I understand there's more of a push to talk about football and do football earlier in the summer than there is at this point, which I think is now the fair point to start. But how in the world, honestly, can anybody quantify doing a fantasy football draft in June or July? Honestly, like how can you do it? You have two of the top 15 picks in fantasy football threatening to sit out the season. And you drafted one of them in a league in July for any kind of money. Was there skill involved in that? It's luck. And it is I mean, I'm playing in a dynasty league where it's a, a a hefty price. I don't know, 250 or $500 a year. Is that a hefty price? I, I don't think so at this stage. But my, the main goal that I had at the end of last year when I started off poorly was to get draft picks and essentially ride for 2020. And so definitely part of this is personal. But I have Ezekiel Elliott and David Johnson. Like, I have the best one-two running back combo in this entire league. And and now I may not have Ezekiel Elliott this season? And you're telling me that it's a good idea to do a draft in July and take Elliott with your third pick and not have him for the whole year? And throw $500 down or $1,000 on this? I understand that there are late signings in baseball, and certainly the country is not nearly as engaged in baseball as they are football. But how can anybody outside of doing an advertisement for their company and trying to make money for their company, and again, I appreciate the hustle, but how could you sit here and say that any that you need to prepare for your fantasy football draft in July? How? By not knowing two of the best players in the game? where they're going to be or if they're going to be playing, you cannot tell me that. I won't buy it. What you're selling, I'm not buying. And we still, by the way, may not know the answer to Gordon and Zeke in three weeks. But at least I'll have a better shot at figuring that out than I do now. How did the Le'Veon Bell owner feel all of last year? Like, don't you feel a little screwed? Like, this was a bad idea to do my draft on July 26th? Or 28th? Or August 1st? I've advocated this for a long time. The brushback that I get back is that the ADPs aren't really recognized in fantasy football until later in the uh, summer. And so, therefore, you can take advantage of players who aren't that familiar in an NFBC format in June and July. And I get that. But conversely speaking, you could have Melvin Gordon, too. There's just no reason for it. I've, I've, I'm have I've now convinced. And, yes, yeah, some of it's personal. I own Elliot. And I may have a zero. And that is going to cost me the league. That's going to cost me a lot of money. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely personal for me. But I'm sorry that in any kind of fantasy format, if two of the top 15 players are uncertain to play the entire season and you have to draft not knowing, something is wrong with your fantasy draft. And if there's nothing wrong with fantasy football. It still remains supremely popular. But should this be our topic of conversation for the next month? Guys who we don't know if they're going to play or not? Taking a chance on a player who may not play? It's uh it's not where I want to be in August, that's for sure. Coming up next, we'll talk more uh fantasy football here on FNTSY. I got some updates from around the league. Fitzpatrick, Crabtree, Tom Brady, don't go away.
3: 100.com.
2: fantasy sports today with craig
1: mish all right welcome back fantasy sports today craig mish back with you until two o'clock full-time fantasy we'll take over at that point uh sean what are you on today what are you on uh, fantasy sports network today at four is that right Four, five, six, seven. Okay, we'll talk to Sean here in a minute. A lot going on in the pit. Uh, let's uh, let's get back to the fantasy discussion and uh, and talk about some things going on in football today. Tom Brady got a contract extension. That's bad news for the rest of the league. That's actually my keeper. <laughs> One of my keepers in fantasy to do. Uh, I signed in my contract league Tom Brady to a two year contract last year thinking that this year would be the last year, and I was wrong. I uh, I signed him to a two-year deal. I'm going to need a new quarterback next year, but that's fine. I got Garoppolo. I, got, I have Jameis Winston. I have a plethora of quarterbacks in that league. But, yeah, uh, Tom Brady's going to play now at least until, I would think, 2021, it looks like so I should have signed him to a four-year contract because he's, the dude's going to throw another 30 touchdown passes this year for sure. Uh, by the way, a player that's been being talked about a lot in New England, and again, New England fantasy players are never players you could play every week because you got to guess. I guess James White you could probably play every week, but you've you got to kind of guess Edelman. who's going to do what. Yeah, Edelman, yeah, that's fair. Uh, Jacoby Myers never heard of him until uh, a week ago it's a law
5: firm <laughs>
1: Jacoby Myers and and Stein right uh, anyway uh, he's a name that needs to be picked up I guess and in, in some deeper leagues are talking about how great he's looked and you know, he'll probably get cut right before the season starts but anyway just a player to keep an eye on Jacoby Myers Everyone's saying that Brady has found a connection there and again like, like historically speaking, with the Patriots in the past, Jacoby Myers, week one, he could go
5: three for eighty and two touchdowns, and then not play the rest of the year. Did that's, you see that report that Tom Brady's selling his Boston home for thirty nine point five million? Yeah, well, but where's he headed? Well, well he's he, he's married to Giselle. They got plenty of money, but where, where where's he headed? L A. Well, well, either New York. Well, they said New Jersey. He's looking in New Jersey and Connecticut for, for possible houses. Oh. And there's you speculation out there. No, there's speculation this might be his last year.
1: But he just got he just did an extension, though. Well,
5: it voids, though, on the last day of the calendar year for the NFL, and that's in March. So he's a free agent in March. Ah, uh, I see. So this basically, if he declines this year, they could cut him free and not owe him anything, the Patriots. So that's kind of. I don't
1: think that would ever happen.
5: People are reading into it, though, that this could be his last year. If he wishes to hang it up as well. He so. could go out on top. Well, yeah, I mean, if that, he wanted to go out no on top, doubt. he would have retired, right? Last that's year. That's true. Yeah.
1: He would have retired last year. Yeah.
5: Twenty years, though, it's kind of like a, it, it's a round number. Maybe this is it for him. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, so, maybe, maybe. I hope so. so. Maybe so. I hope so. Well, he, well, it's yeah. I mean, what? Who are you a fan of in
1: the NFL? Do you have Buffalo a Bills? Well, oh, that's oh, right. I think you mentioned that. Yeah. To yeah me. So that's
5: why I uh, hope he retires after this year.
1: Yeah, eventually that'll open it up. Yeah, the Dolphins always. Uh, Dolphins always
5: talk, But Bill about Belichick's too. still there, so I mean, you know, what are you gonna do? Hmm.
1: All right. Well, either way, another year for sure of Brady, probably two. I don't know if I would say this is the end this year, but we'll we'll uh we'll see. Uh your your show today. What's what's going on in your show today? Give yourself a little preview. Uh
5: Bears preview. Uh John Moon Mullins going to join me from NBC Chicago. And uh we'll preview the Bears. Anthony Miller, that's my guy. Yeah, we'll see what's going on with Mitchell Trubisky and what have you. It's it's. Uh, I did the Vikings yesterday, and I'm high now on the Vikings after talking them up with Greg Coleman. You're high. You are high. <laughs> you are Non-win high. Non-win total. They're going over that. Come on.
1: That's Kirk Cousins is in there. there. You know. So what's what?
5: Happen. It's look at the eventually weapons. Eventually, it goes
1: Curry. raw. Yeah, of course, but eventually it goes bad.
5: I don't know about it's that. Like every Stefanski's the OC. I now. picked them to
1: win the, the Super Bowl last year. Had that work Whoa. out.
5: Well, it's all right. Pick them this year. You might be uh, look no, like a genius.
1: Not doing it. mm Nope. That defense is loaded. The, playoffs, the offense is tucking. loaded.
5: Offensive line should be better with uh, the center from NC State that they drafted in the first round. Bradbury. Everyone is
1: saying that the yeah, last year was the offensive line was the problem, right? Yep. That, that's what everyone was saying. That's yeah. why they
5: drafted the center first round.
1: Yeah, they got uh, great guys on the outside. Yep. yep. Great tight end. Great defense. But quarterback, man.
5: That's always the key. Cousins is awful. Come on, you can win with cousins. No, but he always makes these big mistakes, man. Uh, little Tony Romo in him. Yeah, I guess. A lot.
1: A <laughs> lot of Tony Romo. All right, uh, what else happened? Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick is starting the first preseason game, so that's not a huge surprise. I don't think that it'll matter. No one's owning either of those two quarterbacks this year. Okay, Michael Crabtree, what happened here? So he did not sign with Arizona, so that's good for me because I have Isabella. I was not looking forward to seeing that happening. How does Michael Crabtree not just take a deal with anybody at this point? How how could it go bad? I mean, usually this is the player asking for too much. That doesn't make any sense. Did you see
5: how it ended last year, though, in Baltimore? It wasn't really pretty.
1: What do you mean? In with terms Crabtree,
5: of as far as his production and what have you.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, he's at the end of his career. He is, yeah. So he should like but, whatever they uh, offer him. Yep. He should. But who are we to say he's? These guys are proud. He's made a lot of money over the course of his career. So, if, so if he wants to bail, he bails. So Crabtree, San Francisco, Oakland, Baltimore—those three teams. And he, he was pretty good on Oakland too, from what I remember.
5: Yeah, he was decent, and uh, but the ers Nineers, decent. He, I, did he live up to his potential, though? No, he didn't. He did, did not. Yeah, I agree.
1: I think that's fair. fair. And then, uh, so what? What will? What is? What is Hard Knocks looking like tonight? Like, what's the main storyline with Hard Knocks? The uh, the cutting of. I guess it's Freddie Kitchens,
5: right? The, the whole like unnamed sources or, or what have you will fire them if and Bob Wiley, the former offensive line coach. I think that's making. Wait the a second.
1: Rounds. Oh, they're on the they with the Raiders now.
5: Oh no, the the the, the Browns. I was th- th- thought you were referring to last year's hard. Knocks. No, 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 no. Hard report. knocks this no. year's hard knocks this oh, year with the Raiders. I guess. Wait, it's what happened last season. year? What do
1: what you? What are you talking about with last year? Oh, I'm, Don I'm Banks, the,
5: the late Don Banks. Did, did you read yes. his article? The last one he had. He talked about Hard Knocks and, and uh Hugh Jackson and Todd Hairley and, and how much of a distraction it was and um, all that jazz. And then Bob Wiley, who was uh, one of the offensive line coaches. Yeah, I, him? yeah, he was the one that. Kept well, he saying, came out. Oh, yeah, 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 he made made some some um, comments and stuff like that. So that was like making the rounds and what have you. But um,
1: Bob Wiley's no longer with Cleveland. Nope. No. Hmm. Is he with anyone? No. Hmm. Former coach. A lot of people liked him. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that this is, uh, you know, it's Gruden time tonight. This should, this should be good. I would say that the, they picked a I'm good team to do to it. it. Yeah,
5: absolutely, especially with Gruden. Yeah, he should be a character, so I'm looking forward to
1: it. Yeah, him. Gruden knows how to, how to play it up for the TV. He's been on Monday Night Football for 14 years or something like that. He's on a long time. So that'll be some good TV tonight. Let's see what else is happening in the NFL before we – Talk to Joe Pizzapia coming up here in a couple of minutes. Uh, Let's see. uh, Jarek McKinnon activated off the physically unable to perform list. Okay, so now we're in business with McKinnon in my one league that I have him in so far. I was a big believer in McKinnon going into last year, man. I thought he was going to be good. But now I don't know. Guys coming off these injuries, I'm always a little wary of. And given the fact that they have two other solid running backs there. Tevin Coleman. I like Brita better than all of them. I know
5: you do. You love Brita. I do. I'm a big Brita guy. Okay. I mean, you got to think uh, Tevin Coleman's going to have a lot of, you know, carries and and, and what have you there. Especially the athletics. The
1: and speaking of San Francisco, the athletics, Matt Barrows doesn't consider Marquise Goodwin a lock to make the 53-man roster. What?
0: <laughs>
1: what? I have Richie James, too. Okay, well, that's not terrible, but, man, goodwins be, he's like an important piece for me, I think, this year. See, I go into a year in a dynasty league thinking I'm going to have a big year, and now here I am, and my my team's getting crapped all, all over. That's that's not the way that I wanted to start off. I make the mistake of doing these drafts and listening to anybody doing a draft before August. Like, somebody should just punch me in the face next time somebody asks, and I say yes. Speaking of which, this Friday we're going to have our college fantasy football draft. And the participants are lining up, Sean. If you want your spot in it, you better call it right now. Yes, I want a spot. Yes, count me in. Because John Lobb is in it. I am in it. Gray Albright is in it. He's never done a college football draft before, so he will just make fun of it. Uh, Howard Bender is going to be in it. The participants are lining up, like, around the corner from my house to try and get in this thing. Joe Zapia, will he be in it? I don't know. We'll talk to him next. You're listening to FNTSY, and this is Fantasy Sports Today. Our good friend Joe P. joins us next. Don't go away.
3: Call 888-400-0435, 888-400-0435, andro400.com. Are you single? Everyone single is looking for the best date possible. Well, I found one website that can find you the best date, and it's called TheBestDate100.com. Just go there and log in for your free trial and see if you can find your new and maybe last best date. Remember, you can find the best date of your life at TheBestDate100. 100.com. That's the best date 100.com. One more time, the best date 100.com.
0: Full time fantasy. I had, like, several players on my list that I thought could play themselves into a big role. I thought about Philip Lindsay, but I didn't think of him. I was thinking about Cole Beasley, a couple other players. I eventually settled on Antonio Callaway, and I dropped him before he had a couple big games. I think I wound up getting him back, possibly. But And, you know, it's easy. People could have said, oh, it's a 20th round pick, last pick in the draft. Who cares? No,
2: man, it matters. Weekdays, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish
1: all right welcome back it is fantasy sports today craig mish here with you until two o'clock and then we'll turn it over to full-time fantasy it is uh, great to be with you as well as my next guest of course you can follow on twitter at JoePizapia17. joe 17 joe and the fantasy black book best-selling as always and he joins me here on the show once again joe good afternoon thanks for coming on how are you good afternoon mr mish how the hell are you Oh, I'm doing well. I'm just uh, done with this uh, Ras Bowl uh, uh, draft. I'm looking yes. forward to some others. And uh, were you? I, I thought I saw some pictures of you involved in the draft this weekend. Am I right or wrong about that?
0: I was indeed. I was in the uh, Super Flex Flex League, which is a lot of uh, a lot, a lot of flexing. There's a whole lot of flexing. It was like a pose down towards the end of it. It got ugly. I saw. Uh, I saw. towards the end there. But no, it was uh, it was great. Somehow, I don't know, but that rumor allowed me to get DeAndre Hopkins, Pat Mahomes, and uh, Andrew Luck in a Super Flex, so I don't know how they allowed that to happen. But that was oh, Superflex. I'm pretty yes, yeah, Super Flex. So I'm so it was not only Flex, but it was the Super Flex Flex League. So very happy about that start for sure.
1: Okay, so so let's let's kind of go through that real quick. So the the Super Flex for people who may not understand are uh, that's that's you can start two quarterbacks or you should start two quarterbacks in that league. Is that right?
0: Correct. It's a two quarter. Well, you really should because of the way the point totals work out. So there's actually a regular flex spot, which is wide receiver, tight end, or running back. And then you have the super flex where you can play anything, including quarterback there, not obviously defense or anything like that. But um, usually you tend to want to have the two quarterbacks in that spot because they tend to out most of those other guys. And really, when you think about it, super flex should be the new standard kind of format because when you realize that the quarterback is the most important position, most valued position in the NFL, it tends to be one of the highest scoring positions in most fantasy scoring systems anyway and yet we only utilize one in most 12 team leagues it's kind of a waste they're just basically rotting on the waiver wire
1: yeah and I think that that's always important to know and understand the different formats so uh Pat Mahomes obviously is very very high uh draft pick in that format do you do what's your kind of theory on the quarterbacks this year and, and how do you subscribe to taking quarterbacks early late what are your thoughts on that
0: well, you, if you're a single quarterback league, I think this year you're in an extraordinary position to do very well with value A quarterback. I would—I don't mind being the first person to go in the fifth round or fourth round, even possibly in the late fourth round with a guy like Mahomes or Luck. Uh, I'm not the biggest Rodgers guy personally. I think as the age is starting to you know, creep up on him a little bit. But I think if you're not going to have that advantage, and there is a clear advantage I think with Luck and with Mahomes – after that, to me, it's a it's no-brainer to wait. You're getting a great value this year on Cam Newton. You're getting fantastic value with guys like Carson Wentz. Uh, you're getting value even when you're talking about just from the sheer data points of a guy like Kirk Cousins or Jared Goff. Yes, I know. Sometimes it's not pretty. I get it. Sometimes you watch the games. And you go, what the hell are you doing Why well, you're throwing the ball there? Or how could you miss that open guy on the other side and not even look at him? But it doesn't matter at the end of the day in fantasy. All you want is the points. And those guys in those offenses put up points, and I think that's that's the big thing to keep in mind. Plus, you've got the scrappy young quarterbacks where you got the Josh Allens, you got Lamar Jackson, you got Kyler Murray, all of which are probably going to be very, very useful in terms of using their legs, and we'll see what develops in terms of their pocket-passing ability in years one and two, respectively. But for me, when I'm looking at this group this year, it's absolutely time to wait. And I'll tell you that, another guy, too, a veteran like Matt Ryan, who kind of gets lost in the shuffle, Two out of the last three years, he had almost five thousand passing yards, and nobody mm-hmm. seems to want to care about it. And he is a fantastic guy. You get probably ninth round or something like that.
1: Joe Pizza is with us, and you can purchase the black book right now on uh, on Amazon or wherever you you buy your purchases in terms of books. You can also hear Joe on not just on my show, but on his podcast as well. And you follow him on Joe Pizza Pia seventeen. Uh, Joe, uh, you know, finishing out the quarterback conversation. Uh, Sam Darnold is someone that I'm curious about what you think that your projection and where the Black Book sees him this year. I know he kind of finished the season strong, five touchdowns or so, no interceptions, and then played in week 17. It didn't go particularly well for him, but it looked like he made some progressions. Do you believe in that? Do you think with the addition of On Bell, he can be better? Those those quarterbacks sometimes jump from year one to year two pretty significantly. Is he one of those for you?
0: Well, I think i certainly think that he's in a situation where he has that opportunity. Now, whether he does that, we all know we look into crystal balls and we hope, but I do think the best thing they could have done was to give him that little break last year. They called it an injury. I will be suspect forever. There was an injury. I think they just needed to get him off for a couple of weeks, let him clear his head and kind of get back to the basics. Cause I think it's very overwhelming sometimes for, you know, not every young quarterback comes into the league and has a success of Russell Wilson or Andrew Luck or some of the other guys we've seen recently. So I think it was good to kind of give him a little setback here and he was much more efficient with the football. Darnold's problem was turnovers. In the beginning of the year, the turnovers just ate him alive. Uh, I like the fact that Darnold's aggressive. I like the fact that Robbie Anderson, I think, can be a pretty decent wide receiver one for him on that uh, roster. And having a weapon like Le'Veon Bell, look, I understand everyone's concerned with Adam Gates, and it's warranted. He's been a disaster for running backs in the past. However, the flip side of that coin is he's never had a weapon as talented as Le'Veon Bell, and Bell seems very, very motivated. He's got a lot of right things in camp he said a lot of right things seems like he's ready to show up there and do the work so if that's the case I think that Bell is that perfect guy to take that pressure off Darnold as long as they continue to get the football in his hands and I would say as a second quarterback I feel I would feel better about Darnold than a super flex as my third quarterback than as my second but if you had a fantastic roster and he was your second and that's just how the board happened I think he might be one of these guys that could progress and at least become a very viable QB2, where some guys might even bottom out or lose their jobs like, you know, the Josh Rosen situations and Eli Manning situations.
1: We're talking to Joe Pizapia, and you can follow him on Twitter at Joe JoePizzapia17. Joe will stick with us not just for this segment, but for another one as well. I always am interested in when you do a league such as a Superflex, I don't know that that's a great indication, Joe, as to most of like the standard leagues that I think that people play in. So that being said, are, are you seeing any kind of trends lately in average draft position in leagues that you're playing in, or mock drafts, or anything over in your rankings?
0: Oh, absolutely. Well, first of all, you're seeing um, certainly guys like Le'Veon Bell get a little faded down there. You know, a lot of negativity surrounding him in terms of the Adam Gase equation in there, and uh, now you're starting to see a guy like Ezekiel Elliott even going from one or two now he's going clearly four and now some people are starting to get a little itchy but in terms of some of the bigger names too, aj green that value has gone way down so he's going in that wide receiver three grouping right now because i think a lot of people are just afraid how he returns from this injury is he back week two or is he back week 12 and i think that's a big problem right now nobody seems to have a clear path and it hasn't been a lot of information and that's scared some guys off you see a guy like Kenyon drake with all the tail and news going on too now, Drake's a guy that I always feel like talent wins out. We just had Emery Hunt on the Black Book this week, and we were talking about the same thing, and he said the same thing I did, which is Drake is by far the more talented back. <clears throat> this might be a situation where it starts out as a timeshare, and then Drake eventually just takes over by the time we turn the page into October. And if that happens, and I believe it to happen too, then you're getting an even bigger discount on a guy like Drake uh, in terms of other guys falling too. A lot of it, you know, right now, those Giants wide receivers, as they should have been faded anyway, strong fades happening there in terms of ADP with the suspension of Tate, with the injury to Shepard, with the looming quarterback change potentially this year. So there's a lot of that kind of stuff going on right now. So in terms of guys falling, those are definitely guys who are falling right now. In terms of guys rising, guys like Christian Kirk are rising as the Kyler Murray buzz starts to heat up. That's a guy that a lot of people like in full-point PPRs, and I think there's reason to like him there for sure. Uh, And you're also getting a lot of buzz, too, as, uh, you know, that tight end situation, too, with those wide receivers out in New York. Evan Ingram seems to be getting a jump as well. Now, I don't know if I love that because I'm still worried about what happens when you come to week eight, week nine of that season. But at the same time, if you think that he's going to be the guy that's going to see more targets because of it, it certainly makes sense.
1: Joe, you mentioned Ezekiel Elliott and this is bumming me out in a big way because I'm not sure what I'm going to do. He's one of my main keepers in a contract league that I have. What do you do? I mean, you're at pick five, pick six in a fantasy draft. If he's there, do you pull the trigger? Are you aggressive? Are you conservative? What's your
0: plan? Well, I took him over 1-1 one, uh, one, one overall in that Razz Bowl that we just talked about. Oh, so man. I felt yeah. I, I felt like he was going to get paid. A week ago, I was like, look, he's going to get paid. I still say he's going to get paid. The difference between this and in the Le'Veon Bell situation last year was one thing we know about Jerry Jones is he likes his stars. Okay. This is a guy that likes to have marquee names in there. And I'll be honest with you. I, I think if you go back and you look at those games and look there, if we're doing this, then they're doing this as an organization, go back and look at the games Dak Prescott played without Zeke Elliott when he was on suspension or injured. Mm-hmm. And they were not pretty. Those were not pretty games at all. Look at the difference when Elliott is on that field. It is significant bump in the terms of points, in terms of yardage, in terms of everything. So, for me, I look at this as they will get a good deal done. If he sits out the entire preseason, who cares? That's not a problem at all. You know, playing in the preseason can only do bad things, as far as I'm concerned, for a guy like Elliott. So, I'm still cautiously optimistic. I don't think it's going to be a situation kind of like Le'Veon Bell. However, I do think Melvin Gordon is closer to that Le'Veon Bell sitting out of season than Ezekiel Elliott is because I think at the end of the day, it comes down to the organization more than the player. And I think Dallas is the organization that wants those marquee guys, wants the stars. Elliott's that star. They know when they're successful. It's because Elliott's on the field. It's not because of Dak Prescott. So I think that eventually they're just going to try to push and push till they get the best deal they possibly can. And good for these guys to get paid because the CBA does not favor running backs, and it's it's not fair. And you know what? These guys take a lot of damage. It's brutal. It's a tough game, and they deserve to get paid.
1: Joe Pisapia with some strong stuff there. An owner of Zeke Elliott like me. Hopefully, it will work out for all of us. I I will say this: he probably doesn't need to play a lot in the preseason, Joe. But I will be really concerned. If he's not there in two weeks, like I, I think at that point, and again, are you mo-
0: saying he's not running on the beach in Mexico?
1: Are you saying I, he's not I, I'm going to be worried? On- <laughs> I'm going to I'm I'm telling you right now, I have no worry. I'm, I agree. I'm more worried about Gordon than I am him. But talk to me on the 20th of August, and if he's still not there, I'm going to be worried. Yeah, yeah. I'm, at that point, I'm going to be concerned. All right, uh we got a lot of time to go until then. And speaking of which, Joe has agreed to give us some of his precious time coming up next to talk about some of the rookies in fantasy, how the black book views some playing time. There's some people that feel in fantasy this year, the rookies are worthless. There are some people that feel that there are some gems or maybe Joe is somewhere in the middle. So we'll get that conversation next. Also, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at FNTSY radio, download this show on iTunes. Also, you can hear it on Stitcher and wherever podcasts are heard. One of the interesting ways that I listen to FNTSY the other day was on DirecTV, pulling up the iHeartRadio app, typing in FNTSY, and then you can listen to us live on your TV, like an old school way of doing things. But hey, the more the merrier. We'll take a quick time out. We'll be back with more of Joe Pisa-P on FNTSY FST after this.
2: DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice.
4: handle everything. Editing, cover design, copyright protection, printing, publicity and distribution. So if you've written a novel, children's book, cookbook, inspirational work, poetry or a biography and want to get it published, then you need to call Page Publishing and do it immediately. Call 800-955-3793 now for your free author submission kit. Again, for your free author submission kit, call 800-955-3793. That's 800-955-3793. Your road to fame and fortune could very well start with this simple phone call. Call Page Publishing at 800-955-3793 for your free author submission kit.
2: Do you want two risk-free wagers up to $1,000? If so, go to pointsbet.com forward slash grid. Open yourself up a PointsBet sports wagering account. Enter the promo code GRID and you'll get two risk-free bets of up to $1,000. In addition to traditional betting, PointsBet also offers its own betting concept where customers, they're rewarded by how much they win their bet. That's pointsbet.com forward slash grid. Enter the promo code GRID and get your two risk-free bets of up to $1,000 today. Problem? Call one eight hundred Gambler twenty one and over. New Jersey only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See website for details. Rain Make it rain. The rumor is what they're saying is that he's under strict guidelines from Brian Flores Fitzpatrick to do just that and challenge Rosen and to okay. kind of light it. So that seems to be the feeling down there that Flores okay. has got Fitzpatrick being the douche elder uh, in yeah. the crew and trying to push him that way. Seven to nine AM Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish.
1: All right, welcome back, Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish back with you along with Joe Pizapia in the house. And Joe Pizapia's Black Book is out right now. You can purchase it. It's one of the Top-ranked fantasy football publications of the fall. You want to get involved and see what RPV is all about, make sure you go over to Amazon and purchase it right now. Okay, so, uh, Joe, getting back into just some generic conversation that we'll have here in in fantasy. It would appear every year, if you kind of go back and look at the last 10 years, you're finding a rookie to take in the first round, the second round, the third round of a 12-team league. Of course, Barkley was the... Big name last year, but it always feels like there's that guy that goes very high, and, and usually it's a running back, and usually even when a running back doesn't go very high, you can find some value. Uh, I feel like because of what happened last year, maybe some people are scared off a little bit at, at, at the rookies, and that's not normal for fantasy football. Normally in fantasy football, there is a rookie running back that comes out of nowhere and ends up having a great year, but Rashad Penny, Royce Freeman... Ronald Jones. None of them really panned out last year. Ellie or uh, uh Barkley was the Darius only Geis. one. <laughs> you throw yeah, him and that makes yeah, yeah, I mean he, he he didn't even play a game. So what what do you uh what do you make of this year's crop? Is it just that people are scared off from recency bias or legitimately is there not a lot of value in any of these rookies this year?
0: Well, I'll tell you this. So there isn't a Saquon or a Zeke Elliott or one of those kind of guys this year. And what I, what you are seeing is absolutely a bit of a market correction, and it should be because I think last year people were a little too bullish. And if you drafted in the beginning of August as opposed to mid to late August, it was a very different scope in terms of value of guys like Penny and guys like Freeman and Ronald Jones, all those guys. So uh, what happened was that all the hype, all the overcoverage that happens in fantasy sports sometimes – because they're new, and because people want to talk about them, because they're new, it inflates the ADP, and it shouldn't be. And I think this year, the ADP on the top two rookies, which let's be honest, it's Montgomery with the Bears and it's Jacobs with the Raiders, it's correct. It's where it should be. I think it's it's exactly right. And look, had they gone to more high-profile offensive teams, perhaps it would be a little different. But the fact that it's you know still two offenses that you know have uh, a room to grow, let's put it to you that way. So I think they're going perfectly fine. I like both of them this year because I think they are very good return on investments. I like that Montgomery has Tariq Cohen still in that offense because I think Montgomery is a very good compliment. He's a much better version of Jordan Howard. That would be the way i describe David Montgomery. So a better, younger version of Jordan Howard and his role in the offense. And if that's the case, if he can do a little bit better than Jordan Howard last year, that's a great return on investment in his AP currently. And then going with Jacobs, a lot of people have different things about Jacobs. Some people will say, oh, it's tough because Jacobs is one of these guys that didn't carry the workload. And some people will say that's a positive because he has a little less wear and tear on him. Me, I think it's going to be fine. I mean, we take, we like this kid didn't run the hell out of the football when he played, when he was 15 years old, when he was 18 years old and 17 years old in high school. Of course he did. And he probably used him all over the place. And the fact that he can't carry a workload is just crazy. Okay. So I would take that equation out of it. How good is Oakland going to be? I think better when you add a piece like Antonio Brown, there's no way they can really be worse. So when you're looking across the board there, I think the ADP is appropriate for them. And then you got some other guys. You got guys like Devin Singletary with the bills, who I personally believe is going to be one of these guys you want to take later in drafts, whether or not he comes out of camp with the job. I don't know, but all the buzz has been very, very positive. That's a good thing. And on top of that, You look at the guys around him in front of him. Franco is 127 years old, and there's only so much longer he can be doing that. TJ Yeldon is TJ Yeldon. And really, I think there's a better chance that LaShawn McCoy opens up the season with another team than he does with Buffalo. So when you put all those equations right now, Singletary is a great running back to take towards the end of drafts. And you take him as an asset. You don't take him as a he's opening the season guy. You take him as a let's see if we get into the first six weeks of the season – and things start to progress forward. And if it does, I think you're going to see real opportunity for guys like that. With the wide receivers, it's a little spotty. The wide receivers did not go to great places for their value or their respective talents. Even a guy like Nikhil Harry, I'm cautiously optimistic, but I'm not putting a lot of fantasy value in because his ADP is very similar to guys like Cortland Sutton, who are second-year players. And I think anytime you're a second-year player or even a third-year player who's still growing, look at Tyler Boyd, for God's sakes, last year. That's always a better investment than a first-year player. So right now, I think the rookies are appropriately uh, going. We'll see how long that lasts. We all know only know one highlight reel, right? Right, Mishy, you get that one big highlight catch in camp, and next thing oh, you know, yeah. ADP mm-hmm. shoots up in two more rounds with that, and it goes viral. So keep uh, keep a close eye on the uh, highlight reels on Twitter.
1: Yeah, and, and I, that's that's always the the big part of it, and trying to figure out what are just highlights and and what is legit in terms of fantasy. Um, you know, one player in my rookie draft I'd love to get your opinion on, and, and really I think he's more for the future than maybe this year, but you mentioned Kyler Murray, and Joe, like the new coach in Arizona, Cliff Kingsbury, this is a very big wild card. We've seen coaches come in with a high pedigree in terms of offense and have a lot of success, like Sean McVay. We've also seen coaches in the past like Steve Spurrier completely fall flat. And, and then again, there's some coaches that fall in the middle. Do you think that Kingsbury is going to open up this offense and have success offensively from a fantasy perspective? And so would my Andy Isabella pick be a good one? Or is, <laughs> or, or simply put, is it just all about Fitzgerald and, uh, and Christian Kirk again this year?
0: I think it's all about Fitzgerald and Kirk. Fitzgerald is not that removed from consecutive 100 catch seasons and Fitzgerald hasn't shown a bunch of wear and tear where he you think he's done. Kirk is another guy I mentioned earlier that I think is certainly worth a lot of attention. I've already owned a lot of shares. Isabella, for me, I personally, I didn't see it. I didn't get that pick. It did make sense to me. And as far as Kingsbury goes, yeah, he's going to want to open it up because if he doesn't open up this offense and get it moving quickly, the offensive line is going to open up for him like like a giant hole in the middle. And they were the worst offensive line last year in football. I don't think they got markedly better, and that's my that's my trouble. Yes, the pace will help a bad offensive line because you hope that a little of that is about conditioning and then it becomes about fatigue of the defense, and then you can have success as the game goes on. But it's also in terms of efficiency, too, and protecting a smaller quarterback. And I think that the last thing you want is, an up, is a situation where you're running so many plays that really expose a young quarterback who's on the smaller side to getting absolutely just kind of driven into the ground. That could be very, very dangerous. This is going to be one of those sink or swim kind of situations, and looking at fantasy, for me, Kyler Murray is much more of a long-term investment if you want to make that investment in quarterback because he is going to use his legs, and from a fantasy perspective, he's going to be probably decent enough that way, but in redraft leagues, I think there's way too much love for him going on right now, and it's just not necessary at the quarterback position in most leagues.
1: Joe Pisapia is with us and we're breaking down not just uh, rookies but also some different teams some fantasy as well. Uh, let's let's go real quick to uh, my producer Sean's favorite team the Buffalo Bills and they drafted the uh, kid Singletary from Florida Atlantic who I saw Joe play a ton in college and some extreme breakaway speed. He had rushing games of like 200 and 300 and there is some scuttle that there's a chance that LaShawn McCoy could get cut right before the season starts. Now, look, I haven't gone and done a deep dive as to some players that the day before the season that we draft aren't even going to be on teams. And you know that's going to happen. I mean, there are going to be a couple of guys that are cut. Does McCoy fall in line with a possibility there of that? You think they go with Gore and uh, and, and go with Devin Singletary? Or do you think McCoy ends up being the guy on this team? What do you think?
0: Well, As I said a couple minutes ago about Singletary, that's the guy for me that I think late in rounds you could pick up and have be that guy. I don't see Gore as being an issue. I think McCoy will be the guy who probably ends up on another team. I just think it's time. They they probably wanted to get rid of him last year, and they've had a lot of other extracurricular issues with him over the last couple years. And it would not shock me to see him reunited with Andy Reid, too, because I don't think Andy Reid is very happy with what he's got right now at running back. I think if you if you ask Andy Reid honestly, I don't think he's very happy with Damian Williams right now. A lot of the supports are negative. I don't think he loves Carlos Hyde. I don't think Darwin Thompson's ready. So, for me, I think that that's a real likely scenario. But Singletary, to me, is is the perfect guy you draft and stash. And you have to have the patience for it. You have to say, okay, this guy might not be useful for six weeks, but what he's got in front of him isn't enough, and the Bills are making a really real deal. Those defensively are pretty darn good. Uh, Josh Allen last year, it might not have always been pretty, but, man, that guy can make plays, and, and he, he brings a lot of intensity, and they play with a lot of emotion. They got much better at the receiving core with adding John Brown with a real deep threat there. A uh, guy like Cole Beasley, who is very, very able and could be that safety blanket in the slot that really Allen didn't have last year, he's in a situation to be much better. And if that's the case, then a guy like Singletary – can really uh, make some headway in the second half of the year. And if you don't end up drafting him, he's the perfect guy to watch if somebody drops and add him or make a trade for him the cheap somewhere in September or October.
1: Joe, let's uh, let's wrap up with a couple of more things and um and let's go over to the Baltimore Ravens for a minute. It looks like a completely new offense. You know, talk about Lamar Jackson running the ball a lot. Ingram is there. I mean, they finally solidified that running back spot. Boy, Alex Collins was my bust of the year last year. I ended up with him in a couple leagues. What do you make of Baltimore this year? I don't think that anybody really has a feel for how the offense is going to be distributed there. Are there players to own and not own on the Ravens?
0: Uh, well, look, I, I think Lamar Jackson is an own, especially in two quarterback formats of any kind because – Again, might not always be pretty. It doesn't matter. What's the point total? And the guy is special. He's a special athlete. And I don't think that he is that much farther away. I think him and Josh Allen are basically neck and neck, yet everybody loves Josh Allen to take a step forward, but not Lamar Jackson this year, which I don't understand. So if you're getting Jackson cheaper, I think that's great. Um, I think it's going to be a lot of Mark Ingram. I think we forget that before Kamara came, that Mark Ingram is a guy who can catch the football. Mark Ingram is not bereft of talent. And you know what? He's a guy that can be a workhorse. Peyton just didn't like him because of the style of offense that they wanted to run in New Orleans. It wasn't it wasn't so much Ingram's fault as so much as Sean Payton saw the world differently in terms of offense, and Ingram was a guy that didn't always fit the way he wanted to operate that offense. Mark Ingram fits exactly what the Ravens want to do, but haven't been able to do because they didn't have the personnel. So I'm not buying the Gus Edwards. I'm not buying all the other guys here that they have still on this roster. They brought in Mark Ingram to be that guy. I think you're going to love the value he brings you in standard leagues. I think if PPR, he's going to surprise you. I think he's going to catch 40-something balls this year easily. And I do believe that this is going to be a very run-heavy offense, but – that's not necessarily a bad thing. And I think those are the two pieces you want outside of that. It's real tough. It, it, it is. I just don't feel like you can get, uh, if you want to take a shot on Andrews at tight end, that's one of those guys maybe too, that has a little upside. We always see young quarterbacks who like to favor the tight end a little bit because they see that. Well, you know, it's, it's just easier to check down sometimes at the tight end. So Andrews has some appeal, especially in 14 team leagues, but I'm going to let most of these receivers go to me. It's Lamar Jackson, it's Mark Ingram, and it's easy.
1: Joe, uh, real quick, a minute to go. Uh, tell us where we can buy the uh, Fantasy Black Book
0: this year. Well, Craig, Mish, you can go buy the Fantasy Football Black Book 2019 over on Amazon. You can get the paperback version, and also you can get the cheat sheets as well. Um, you can get it for Kindle, and you can get it on iTunes as well if you like your iPad or you want to sit by the pool and you don't want the actual book. But we are uh, now five straight weeks, number one at Fantasy Sports in that genre over on Amazon, which is stunning. We are number two in football books on Amazon. Uh, been fantastic uh, to be a part of uh, this growth. And next year will be 10 years of the Black Book. So we're doing a lot of special things next year. So we're very, very pleased and very grateful for everybody out there for the support. And people must be having uh, success with relative position value because they keep coming back and we keep growing every year.
1: Yeah, no doubt. I mean, that's that's the big thing. People win, they buy, and that's the key. Joe, thanks again for coming on, spending all the time with me you did today. Really appreciate it.
0: Always a good time to talk to my good friend, Craigie Mish.
1: <laughs> Thank you, Joe. Have a great week. Have a great weekend. I know that we're not there yet, but enjoy the preseason. <laughs>
0: oh, no. God, I wish we were. God, let's move it.
1: <laughs> I know. We'll, ta- we'll talk next week, Joe. Thanks again for coming on. Really you got it, brother. Take care. Together. All right, uh, let's take our final time out. We got exit velocity coming up next. I got a semi-hot take I think to get to, and then we're going to turn it over to full-time fantasy coming up at the top of the hour. That's two o'clock Eastern. Uh, also, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at FNTSY Radio. A lot of great stuff going on at Sports Grid and beyond. You want to be a part of it? Make sure that you find our family, FantasySportsNetwork.com. Uh, that's what we do. That's how we do it. So uh, we got. Uh, I I think a really fun show coming up next. Two o'clock. Uh, Adam Roto, Doctor Roto, full-time fantasy, always giving you the accurate information and analysis as it pertains to fantasy football. And uh, for all the gambling info too, Fantasy Sports Network, Sports Grid, we're doing it all, we're covering it all. And tonight, speaking of which, you can catch me on my live stream doing college football totals over at WagerAlarm.com with my good friend Howard Bender. Let's take a final timeout. We'll be back right after this. Don't go away.
3: Achoo! <laughs>
2: Fantasy Sports Today with
1: Craig Mish. Welcome back Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish here with you, as we'll uh, be here until 2 o'clock Eastern, then turn it over to full-time fantasy. Can't wait to get into the discussion more fantasy football. All I do is listen to uh, our shows all day long, and then I'm going to listen to Sean's preview Coming up on the Bears, right? Later today? Can't wait to hear that preview. That I'll uh, watch that Bears. over on YouTube. I'll be working now. It's like I have a 24 7 schedule. I mean, just because baseball and football and everything else. Hey, let's end this show so we can get out of here for today. We can all go about our business with a little exit velocity. I feel the need, the
0: need for speed. Oh!
2: Exit velocity.
4: Nice velocity.
1: All right, Dallas Morning News update. They say that holdout, Ezekiel Elliott has not told the Cowboys that he will sit out the season. I mean, come on. Just get this over with already. Do we really have to go through this for the entire preseason, please? It's bad enough we have to deal with Melvin Gordon. Do we really have to do Ezekiel Elliott also? Both guys. I mean, can't we just have some clarity? There's Look, you know what's going to happen in the next few weeks. Let me give you a little hint. Someone else is going to get hurt. I'm sorry to say. I don't mean to be a downer. Someone else is going to get hurt. Somebody else that you're going to draft in August is not going to play in September. We cannot afford money to get in the way of our fantasy football championships, please. So I would ask Ezekiel Elliott if you could please just sign your contract. You don't have to do it now. Wait another week if you want. Wait another two weeks if you want. But just before the season, don't make this harder than it needs to be. Get it done. Be done. And let's get you in the first round in a fantasy football draft. Indeed, that is what I want and what I need. I cannot go through another losing season that I had in my uh, contract league. Can't do it. Can't do it. Can't go six and uh, and seven. Unacceptable for me. Got to at least be 500. That'll do it for our show today. Thanks to everybody who listened for sure. Thanks again to Sean for producing this program. We'll be back again tomorrow. Make sure you catch Sean's show later today. Uh, Check out fantasysportsnetwork.com. You can check out the full schedule as to everything we have going on here and over on YouTube as well. Thanks again to Joe Pizzapia and Joe Ferzaro for appearing on the show. And I will talk to you tomorrow at noon. Looking forward to it. And have a great day, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow. Enjoy Full-Time Fantasy. They're coming up next. See ya.